Hi everybody and welcome to the Mental Toughness and Body Show. My name is Rob Evans and I'm your weight loss coach, health strategist and internationally published author, helping take your life, your business, your body, your mindset, your health, your wellness from where you are to where it is that you want to be. And today's topic is managing grief. And the reason that this is front of mind for me right now is that I had a, a good friend, he's also a client of mine, uh, that uh, so sadly uh, lost his wife to cancer uh, Monday a week ago. And uh, the funeral was on uh, Wednesday, so a couple of days ago uh, now. And uh, it was ovarian cancer, and I'm sure anyone listening to this knows someone has someone in their life that has been um, certainly touched by cancer in some way. My mum passed away from ovarian cancer at age 66, very aggressive uh, cancer it was. And um, my, uh, my friend, he, his wife was only 57 years old and passed away of ovarian cancer as well, very aggressive. Um, an 18-month journey uh, for her. Uh, my mum was a three-month journey and it was horrible. Uh, really horrible and painful and it's it's a sad time and it got me thinking about uh, today because I saw him today and uh, we were talking about it and how you go about managing grief because it, it's so personal and it means so many different things to to different people depending on who it is I mean imagine this this is your so your soulmate the, the person that you love more than anything in the world that you've spent say 25 26 years of your life with and suddenly they're taken from you and there are so many different emotions that you can feel and so i think the first thing that you feel is a, that deep that deep deep sadness now the topic of today is like managing the grief and how you do it um, what I was talking to Alan's his name, what I was talking to Alan about was you've just got to let it flow. Like that sad feeling. You, you, you've just got to let it out because it's natural to obviously feel a deep, a deep sadness, a deep loss uh, that you've, you've had. And I, I think the, the challenge is you do want to let it flow, but I know from my perspective when it came to uh, my mum, when it came to my dad as well, um, it's okay to cry. I mean, most, a lot of men, I should say, uh, struggle to try cry because they think it's a sign of weakness. And I think the, the challenge that I faced was yeah, I need to cry and I know it's okay to cry and it's okay to cry in front of other people. Yeah, I'm a strong person, I'm a strong man, but I'm also uh, an emotional man and I have a heart and it's a big heart and when you lose someone that's close to you, it's okay to cry. The challenge is that you don't want to find yourself crying all the time, constantly at the drop of a hat and kind of turn into some sort of basket case. Um, that's what, kind of the language that you tell yourself uh, and you want to kind of balance it. But I, I think uh, what you do need to do initially, you just need to let it flow and, and let, it, let it come out just naturally. If you feel like crying, you, you cry. 
you let it come out, especially men. And it's okay. It's not a sign of weakness. In some ways, it's a, a sign of strength and a sign of recognition of your brain telling you that something needs to come out so that you can heal and move forward. And sometimes that comes in the form of tears. I know that uh, I've always held back tears in uh, funerals. Um, I know when I was doing mum's eulogy, uh, it was really hard. Uh, you know, there were certain parts of it that I knew, especially towards the end, when you want to say those final words of goodbye, that they're heartfelt. They hurt to say them. And uh, you know, to hold back those tears can be really tough sometimes. I think if there, there is another phase after the sadness comes that sense of loss and then maybe some time after that it's a sense of loneliness as well. And I think the, the way to manage that is again just to ex expect that this is normal. It's normal to go through that process, especially in Alan's case, because he lives so long with the love of his life. Every day, every moment, well, not every moment, but you know what I mean. And all of a sudden that's gone. It's gone. So there's that sense of, of um, obviously deep loss, but that, that loneliness now. Uh, especially for, for him because all these kids have moved out and it's just him now in the house. But here's the thing. Pets can be really good and he's got a dog and that is really helping him get through this because he said he talks to the dog all the time and the dog is a little bit weird at the moment because the dog knows that there's somebody missing in the house and it doesn't feel quite right. So don't underestimate, it might sound silly to you, but don't underestimate how important a pet is. Whether it's a cat or a dog, I mean, he takes his dog for a walk. A bit hard to take the cat for a walk, but um, you can take the, the dog for a walk. Um, you know, even having the, the dog sit with you, he says the dog sleeps with him uh, at the moment. So again, it's a comforting, a comforting element to a deeply emotional loss in your life. I think another way to manage it is, um, you know, having plenty of friends around you. It can be a double-edged sword sometimes, but uh, we organised for, because we can't get together with him, he, he could come to see me today, but um, groups of people can't get together with him at the moment and I guess grieve with him. So we organised a Zoom call with a, a bunch of his uh, mates yesterday between 6 and 8 p.m. Uh, just to jump online and, um, and connect and just be there with him and share some funny stories and um, you know, ask him about uh, you know, his life with, uh, with his wife and uh, what that meant to him. And it, it was really, I think it was really good helping to take his mind off it because there's so much that goes on around you and there's so much to do when someone passes away. And you can also get sick of people saying, how are you? How are you? It's like, well, how do you think I am? Um, and at the end of the day, you kind of want to get through this as fast as you can 
because the sadness is, is quite debilitating. I think uh, another element is uh, making sure that you do have a, a bit of focus on your health and fitness. It can be a great outlet for you, help you just take some time out for yourself. And it's also a really great for your mental health. So going through a, a time of deep, deep stress, I know when I was um, with dad and I was waiting for him to pass, pass away, he was in a coma effectively and um, it took eight days and we were with him for a lot of it. But I would, I would find some time during the day just to get away from the, he was in an aged care facility, but to get away from the facility, the nurses, the other people, um, it's, a, it's a very doomy and gloomy type of environment. Um, so this was also a couple of hours away from my home. Um, so I found a gym where I could train. And so I would go there once a day uh, just to do a session uh, to make sure that I just gave myself something to just have a break from it. Uh, were they the world's best workouts? No, they weren't, but they got me out and they got me doing some other things and that was important. I think through the various stages, I mean, I'm no expert in this area, but I, I know that uh, we go through various phases when we do manage grief and whether I've got the order right or I've missed some steps and from a true psychological perspective, maybe there's some other elements, but maybe I'll link these next two together. I think there comes a time where there's frustration. And let me talk about that one a bit first. So the frustration can come in you know, many forms. It can come from people keeping on asking you how you are. It can come from the perspective of uh, finalising someone's life has a lot of paperwork involved. There are a lot of steps involved. It's incredibly challenging and it takes probably two to three times longer than you thought it would. I think about all the stuff that I did for dad because I was his power of attorney. And there were just things that I didn't think you needed to do when someone passed away. Or because I was the power of attorney, I thought I could do things that I was told that actually you can't do that now that he's passed away. You're not allowed to use his funds to you know, pay for essential expenses and uh, what that meant that I had to do was, well, Dad had the money there to pay for these things, but I could no longer uh, use those funds. So I had to use my own funds uh, to be able to do it and to pay for the funeral and other costs and everything. And things were mounting up and mounting up. And even though uh, the, the money was going to come back to me, it wasn't about that. It was more about the fact that this was also a time when uh, I wasn't in my business as much. Uh, because I was there for dad and there were things we were doing with the house and all that kind of stuff uh, that um, you know, I, I just wasn't having as much income coming in. Uh, so that was incredibly frustrating as well. And just the dealing with the solicitors and real estate agents and all the different people and phone calls, it's just frustrating. And then I think after frustration perhaps comes the anger. And the anger can sometimes be targeted at the deceased. And I mean that in the context of, how can you leave me? How could you leave me like this? 
hack you give up or how you know how dare you get this disease why didn't you take care of yourself better um you know whatever whatever's going through your mind you know i said to alan today it's it can um, be really frustrating and angry for you because he is one of the the nicest men i've ever known like he's so generous and loving and he's always there for everybody. He's always there for other people. And yeah, at just age 57, his, the love of his life has been taken from him by this wicked, wickedly cruel disease. And he could be angry about that. And say, why, why, did, you, why did you leave me like this? I need you. But I said to Alan, there's a couple of ways I think you can deal with that. I think every circumstance is different, but you have to take some relief in knowing that this person was so ill that they're now at rest. They're not in pain anymore. And that's a good thing. The way that I think is a good way to manage this grief is the like the anger part of it is to write a letter write a letter to the person that you're angry at and obviously if it's the deceased even if it's somebody that's still living I'm not suggesting that you send the letter to them in fact it's probably a good idea that you don't but you write down how you're feeling and why you're feeling that way and then what I suggest that you do and hold nothing back because you have to think about it like this. Once you go through this process, that's it. Okay, you do it, you do it once, you write everything down, you get everything out. If it's swear words, if it's absolutely every single feeling that you're thinking, this could be a long letter. And then what you do is you read it out. And you either read it out with someone else there listening to it, or you just read it out loud to yourself and then you burn the letter and then when that letter's burned that's it that's closure and that's your opportunity to move forward now this is really really powerful now i'm no specialist in this area but i've i've worked through um, this task with a couple of people before and the change that it's brought within them we're talking, about, we're talking about a lifetime of hurt and pain that people have been able to deal with by using this one technique. So it's really powerful. I've used it before myself. Um, I like to write down the things that I'm feeling when I'm in, uh, you know, like if I'm in pain, if there's something that's really troubling me, write it all down, get it all out of your head. And just that process in getting it out can be so powerful it really can then i think the last step for me in managing the grief is about getting coaching i'll say coaching and or counseling i think in these times you can obviously have mates family to talk to but i think there needs to be a complete debriefing, if you like, with somebody that has no emotional connection to this whatsoever. 
either to you or to the situation or the, the person that you're grieving over. Because this person, if it's the right one, somebody that's an expert in dealing with these matters, why would you go and see a coach or a counsellor? Well, what you're looking for is you're looking for coaching, you're looking for tools, you're looking for techniques that they can give you so that you can implement them and get the result that you want faster. So what's the result that we're looking for here? Obviously, we want to be able to grieve because that's a good thing. It's part of the healing process. But essentially, that's what we want to do. We want to heal. And we want to be able to go through that process in a time that is right for us. But to be frank, we want to do it as quickly as possible. We don't want to be grieving for our lifetime to the extent that it immobilizes us. That doesn't mean that we don't miss the person or we don't have the sadness. But I think it's important to get the tools to learn how to do it as fast as possible in a way that is good for us but also leaves us with an appropriate way to heal and move through it. And I think one of the things that many of us don't do is remember the beautiful things, the happy things, the funny things that we had with that person. And sometimes we only think of the bad things. Or sometimes we just think of the 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 event itself, the loss, they're not here anymore, and the hurt from that. I find this in relationships too. Even though there's no, no passing, but you're no longer together with someone. And I have, uh, I've had that many relationships, but I've got um, you know, incredibly fond memories from each one of my relationships. I was married for 20 years. I can still remember the day that I was married and, and it was a beautiful day. And I'd still say it's a beautiful day. Like it was one of the happiest days of my life. It was a, an amazing day. Um, we thought it was gonna rain at some point, but it didn't. Uh, we were in this weird Italian reception center. Um, we had a beautiful honeymoon. We had a beautiful day. Um, like, you know, like it was, it was amazing. We're no longer together, but that doesn't mean that we didn't have beautiful moments along the way. Uh, my last partner, um, she came to Los Angeles with me and fulfilled, uh, shared with me some lifelong dreams that, that I've had. And I'll be forever grateful that, uh, you know, my soulmate at that time was with me because I wouldn't have wanted to do it without sharing the experience with them. And I would be forever grateful that they were with me. I still have a deep love, a deep love, but we're no longer together anymore. And I could be angry, sad, whatever about that, or I can remember the beautiful times that we did share. And that's where I like to, to live my life. And it's the same with mum and dad and I think for me, a part of the healing process for the loss of mum and dad is in knowing that the beautiful qualities that were in them are now living through me. And it's up to me to make sure that I take the beautiful 
qualities that I want and share them with my, my kids, my girls, so that the things, that the values, the beliefs that you feel are important to you can continue on through other generations because you teach them to your children. And you've got that opportunity. And in, in many ways, there are certain, oh, whether you call them um, certain traditions that you have learnt as a child from your parents that you want to pass on to, to your kids. Um, there are things like, no, oh, there's some, just some funny little memories that, uh, that I have that I think you want to share with your kids. And one of them I remember as a, a child going to the drive-in with my parents. And like drive-ins are not something that you really do anymore. And hopefully overseas you know what I'm talking, if I say a drive-in. Um, but, uh, you know, where you drive in with your car, you sit in your car. You, we used to connect a speaker. They'd have a, a little um, stand next to you and you'd pick up the, the, this old crappy speaker and you'd actually clip it over your window and you'd hear the sound through there. Now it comes through your car radio, so it's much better sound. And you'd watch it through the, uh, the windscreen. Um, so we've, still, we've got a couple in Melbourne and I've taken the kids there a couple of times and it's, and it's great. And I always remember eating, you know, like jam donuts uh, at the drive-in. So when I take the kids there, even though I don't normally eat them, we get jam donuts because it's one of those, you know, just things that I remember doing with, uh, with the mum and dad. Another one is oh, we have a thing here. It's called Mr. Whippy, uh, which is basically a, a van that drives around selling that soft serve ice cream. And I'm like, well, I don't think you've ever lived if you haven't at least once had a Mr. Whippy type ice cream. So they drive around the streets of the neighbourhood and they'll stop, stop outside and they play this jingle music and they'll stop and they'll, they'll um, you've got to pay for it, but they, you, you can get an ice cream. So it comes down our street uh, from time to time, especially in good weather. And so I said to the kids, okay, today's the day. You've got to experience this at least once in the life. Um, yeah, and just funny little memories um, from kids that I've, I've shown them. And uh, all those ones, ironically, are two unhealthy food choices now that I've said that. Um, but, you know, there's a whole bunch of others as well. But they're just little things that, uh, you know, I wanted to share with them. And I think uh, when you, you remember the good times, you remember the good qualities, you pass these on through yourself to others, um, I think that that's a really powerful thing. Um, the, the loss of someone can inspire something great within you to either continue their journey. One of the, the beautiful things that dad did was mum used to breed irises, the plants, irises. And dad continued that journey for mum to keep them alive. He kind of felt obligated, I think, to keep them all alive, uh, but to also can continue the breeding process and the show process. And, and post mum's uh, death, uh, she went on to win a, a few prizes uh, because of her, um, you know, her breeding. Um, so that was really special uh, for Dad too. So I think one of the things that uh, the coaching and counselling can do for you is to really just help you heal faster, heal in a way that is meaningful to you, and to move forward with purpose and those happy memories. Because if you feel bitter, 
if you feel angry, if you just feel this deep, deep sadness constantly, then that is going to immobilize other areas of your life. And it's not to say that you shouldn't care and it's just about getting over the person. It's not that at all. Uh, because to lose someone like a soulmate is deeply, deeply painful. But we also know that if we've got a long journey to go in the rest of our life, that we can't be immobilized by that loss. And I'm not talking about, like Alan, he's lost his wife this week, next week he should be over it. I'm not talking about that. It's about you find the right time for you to, to get through these things. But I think there, there's a process to get through it. And you've got to let some things just flow through you. But at the same time, you need, need some structure and some guidance to help you get there in a fast, faster way or the fastest way that's right for you to heal, remember, love and, and move forward. I hope that doesn't sound cold. It's not certainly not meant to. But I think we, I mean, we just grieve in different ways. And I think if we can understand that there are certain parts that are just such a very normal process with this, then it makes us um, easy to um, accept that a lot of what you're going to feel and go through is completely normal. It's normal. Everybody goes through it. But most of us, when we experience some type of emotional loss and trauma, we just want to get through it as fast as we can so that we can get back to a life that's thriving. It just becomes super tough when it's that person that you've dedicated the rest of your life to. And we know that we're not going to live forever, but it just goes to show you just how, how precious and delicate life is and how we shouldn't waste a moment of it. Wherever you are in the world, you stay safe and I'll talk to you tomorrow.